0: Paul says, we're gonna be landing in the next 20 minutes. And I just noticed some strange maneuver going on with the aircraft. He, and he wasn't making a circular pattern like he was getting into the pattern. He'd already done that, but he was making some strange movements. And I thought, what the heck? The guy next to me, and we're in the very first seat. I'm in the middle, he's looking out the window. He says, this is really strange what he's doing. I said, yeah, I noticed. And uh, so that went on for a while. And then finally, he came down and approached, dropped the landing gear down. But I noticed when he landed, he tilted a little bit to the right, and those right wheels touched first and then down. And for a split second there, I thought we were going to leave the runway. Uh, but my brother Daniel, who was sitting looking at the wing, where he was positioned, told me that he was doing S maneuvers, and he physically saw hydraulic fluid coming out on the wing. And that's not good. <laughs> And I said, well, what were them crazy? He said he was doing S-patterns because he's checking out the equipment and wanted to be sure we could land fine. So, you know, we got on the ground, and um, the pilot says, folks, everybody on this plane, those that are staying on and going to Nashville, we're going to change planes. This plane's not going anywhere. And so the whole flight crew is sitting there with us. So I went over to the, to the flight attendants, and I said, what happened? They said, we don't ask questions. I said, sure you don't. They need to know basis. So anyway, the whole flight crew, including the pilots, everybody changed over to this plane, and they had to pull it out of the tarmac because they'd been sitting there all day, uh, which proved they weren't just changing us and maybe grouping some people together and being efficient in the cost and all. They actually pulled the plane off the tarmac and had to cool it down because they'd been sitting in the hot sun. So that was a little bit of fun there. And I was teasing Jonathan because Jonathan's wild. He said, "Well, I'm glad you made it back safely." And I said, "Yeah, you just don't want to have to prepare to preach Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it's good to be here uh, with you. And uh, I've got no time to recruit because I've got too many things going on the week coming up. Kathy's got a busy week for me, as she does every week. We have a lot. Of- I said I wouldn't throw her under the bus, so I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I notice you're sitting closer, honey, up, too. I just don't understand. it. So glad to have our guest with us today. This is going to be a little bit different today. And, and I'm a little bit apprehensive about this because if I don't get my message across, I won't feel like I've succeeded. So hang in there with me, okay? But uh, i going to need a little bit of help here. And uh, oh, Oh, I'm sorry. Let me turn that around. I didn't know. <laughs> And I'm sorry, this is the closest I could get to orange. Kathy can't stay in that color, so. Uh, <laughs> All right, so, Jonathan, can, I, can you help me here a minute? My little helper is gone, I guess he went downstairs.
1: Uh, no, I'm right here. <laughs> That's okay, you can take
0: it. This is, good, this is good elder training. What I want, I want a blue stripe right down through here to about right here. And the reason I'm having you to do it is because I don't want to be preaching from the floor. Because if I get down there, I may not be coming back up too soon. Thank you. Okay, so now, this is not good and evil or anything like that. So you guys, if I, if I look too hard over here, it doesn't mean a thing, okay? I'm watching you, though. All these potential future family members and things. And notice I said potential. <laughs> so anyway, we can put this away now that we've accomplished the goal of that. This is a football. Does anybody not know or have, Do some special revelation of what this is. Everyone knows what it is, right? This is a football. All right, well, What would you think if you took a few seconds and you didn't know who I was or anything, and maybe it wasn't this, and I I held that football up, and what would be your thoughts like, really? Uh, Okay. Uh, That's a little uh, obvious because everyone here knows what a football is, right? Even if you don't follow the sport, never heard of it or anything, we know what that football is. Well, that's exactly what Vince Lombardi did in the 60s when he took over Coaching the Green Bay Packers. How many are familiar with the Green Bay Packers? All right. I knew I had some work to do with you. Okay. Well, they were a team in the 60s. They were on a 10-year spiral down before Vince Lombardi took that team. In fact, they only won one game the year before he took over. The first-round draft choice of that year refused to play for that team and transferred to play in the Canadian Football League, (laughs) wanting nothing to do with it. And Vince Lombardi, who, by the way, was a deeply religious man, many of you may not know that, and he had a tremendous temper. I mean, anybody from back then that saw him or will see that come out in it. But you know what he did? In his own uh, world of Catholicism, he went to Mass every single day, not once a week, every single day, and asked the Lord to help him with his temper. (laughs) <laughs> so he took over this team but this was the deal he told the ownership those in charge he said i want complete total control over this team everything i say is the bottom line and that's it i have I want complete control i'm not doing this so they gave by the way does that sound familiar to you is there someone you know that wants complete open access into your heart to give you input and have the final say-so? Yeah. Amen. Yep. So they agreed to that. I guess they were just desperate in the moment. So what he did was, he, the first meeting with the team, he held this up. Some of you know, he said, this is a football. Can you imagine what the players must have been thinking when he did that? Like, um, this guy's our coach? Um, he, don't, he doesn't know what a football is, or, or, yeah, really, or, okay, okay, we're with you on that. Then he went on to explain what they were going to do, because he was going to completely change the culture of that team. He was going to take them from a losing team on a 10-year ten, ten spiral down into a winning team. And he, what he was saying was a basic message that we are going to start with the fundamentals, and you are going to relearn blocking and tackling and running receiver routes and running quarterback throws. We are going everything. We are going to relearn everything. And he was, he was meticulous on doing that. He made the statement, gentlemen, we're after perfection. Now, he says, we're never going to catch it because no one ever really obtains total perfection. We're going to make mistakes, but we're chasing it. We're chasing that perfection. So he set the rules in play. He put them through brutal workouts and strength training and blocking and tackle and went down to the basics. The first year he went 7-5. The second year was even better. They won the NFL title. And back then you had the American Football Conference and the National Football Conference. Now they're blended into one. But back then it was two different conferences. And one conference didn't play the other conference or anything like that. Played their own games. So... So he took them through all the fundamentals. Now, there was no trickery in his offense. Anybody ever see end arounds and trickery and pitching it back? There was none of that with him. The opposing team knew what they were going to do. Anybody remember the Green Bay power sweep? Oh, my goodness. Those guys, were, the guards would pull And you know what? They knew it was coming. The, The opposing team knew it was coming. They just couldn't stop them. Because they went back to the fundamentals, and they learned and relearned, blocking and tackling all over again, and started with the basics. He won five NFL titles, and then the AFC and NFC decided to play each other, Those conferences, play each other for the Super Bowl, and he won the first two Super Bowls. He instilled, a, he instilled a, a culture there of winning yes. and was meticulous in doing that. And I'm going to tell you something else about him. In the 60s, there was a lot of racism going on. Yep. Oh, big time. Yeah. Big time. As a lost teenager, I was involved in it myself. And that's all I'm going to tell you about it because I love my black brothers and sisters. That's the old David Reese. It's not the new guy. Amen? Amen. 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 But he said, there'll be no racism on this team. And if anyone says any kind of racist remark or acts anything out, they're immediately kicked off this team. And when he said it, they knew he meant it. In fact, he went on to say, there's not black or white players on my team. He says, there's Green Bay Packer color. They're everybody's Green Bay Packer. And you know what I identified with that? Because when I went in the military... And he treated them all the same. I mean, it didn't matter what color you were or anything else. He treated them all the same. I remember that because when I went in the Air Force, I was drafted into the military. And then, so here I am in boot camp. First thing I know, they shaved my head bald, threw these green fatigues at me. And this guy Davis next to me, we flew on the flight in. He was a black guy. And, and so we're all there. We're probably, we're very racially mixed in this 50-50 Airmen flight. And you know what? We had a camaraderie together. Mm-hmm. Color never came up. Man, we hung in there, we, we stuck together. You know why? Because they treated us all like dogs. <laughs> they were very equal on doing that and fussing at us and you never could do anything right. You could be as perfect as you want and they're gonna find something wrong. Amen. It's like he comes over and he sees a little blade of grass in my trash can he pulls, out his reach. There's a tree growing in your trash can. <laughs> and Davis, the guy I'm telling you next through, he went, go through the drawers. Next thing you know, he slings all my sheets up in the air, and then I have to stuff them all up under my t shirt and my fatigues. That's what he told me to do.
1: <laughs>
0: Davis, he had his jock straps folded wrong. <laughs> And so it wound up over his head. And I remember the day before, I don't mean to get too graphic here, I'm sorry, <laughs> but, 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 but I want you to see where I'm coming from. The day before, I saw a guy down there with his boxer shorts pulled up over his fatigues, waiting in the lunch line. I said, hey, David, do you remember that guy yesterday? He said, I guess we're going to the lunch line now. Ain't no way of I'm doing this. <laughs> we had a camaraderie there, and that's what they had on that Packer team. And I'm going to tell you today, racism shouldn't even exist. Amen. And it certainly shouldn't exist within our, the scope of our, uh, where we are Amen. in the Lord. Amen. Amen? How in the world can you have a problem when God created us? Amen. So I want to share with you today life in a kingdom culture. Really in a new covenant culture. I want to tell you about a culture... That has stood the test of time for 2,000 years. Yes. I want to tell you about a culture that has not changed and will not change. Has no no chance of changing because it's authored by God himself in the kingdom. Amen. Yes. It's a culture like Vince Lombardi. The problem with that culture is, is when he left, which was eight years later, the culture changed. How many of you have gone, have gone to work for a company and you really like that company? and You've been there for a number of years and all of a sudden... Things just change,
1: yeah.
0: and you go home and you say to your, you know, uh, to your wife or your husband, it's just not the same there anymore. It's got new management. They're putting this on. And they're putting that. In fact, I don't. Corporate America is terrible today because people terrible yes. today because people take their work home with them and they're working at home. Yep. Yes. Cultures in this world will change over time, depending upon who's in control and what's happening and what their values are. And it's a quagmire of things going on out there. But in the kingdom of God, there's a culture that will not change. It's a culture that cannot be canceled out. Bo. Yeah. Oh, that's a popular term today. Yes. Canceled, out. canceled out. Yeah. Right. Mob rule. Go and ahead. where they'll take an individual and assassinate their character yes. or take a business and ostracize it yes. and boycott it yes. and, then, and even... Even uh, the two past presidents, Barack Obama and Donald Trump, said cancel culture was not good, and they spoke against it. If we allow that sort of thing to go on, how far does it go? Because it's dependent upon a world system, a world of darkness who's controlled by who? The God of this world, Satan, who is influencing their minds. But that's not our portion. We're a different people. We're a royal priesthood. That's right. We're a peculiar people. Amen. We have something. I thought Jonathan was going to take off preaching the word today with all the things that we have in Christ. But we're part of a, part of a culture that does not change and cannot change because it's authored by God. It's consistent through time. Amen. We can have reliance on that. We can have confidence in that. We live within that. We breathe within that. In him we live and move and have our being. This new covenant culture was started by who? Boy, that was weak. <laughs> Man, that wasn't a trick question. <laughs> it was started by Jesus. And if you look at Luke chapter 1, 32, 33, then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid. Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great. And he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom. There will be no end. There's no chance. That this culture that we live in, which trumps all other cultures because we live in it and we move it in it and we breathe it in it we have our very being. It cannot happen. But there's a conflict going on out there in the world. There's a conflict between the darkness and light and it's a conflict that we face every day. But we're kingdom culture people. We already know what the word says about what we should do, how we should handle ourselves, how we should, we should behave. It's a constant thing. It doesn't matter anywhere around the world where the word is preached. It's the same. It's consistent. If you meet somebody from Indonesia, if you meet somebody from Africa, and they're a believer, guess what? You have an immediate connection, and you know what's going on. And there's a, there's a place that you both stand in, and you know it, and you immediately connect. If I see one of you, like we, I saw Bobby over at the supermarket week before last, and I, we we you know, we greet each other with a hug and so forth. Tried to kiss me, he did this morning. You know, <laughs> gotta watch him. Gotcha. <laughs> we immediately had a connection. Yeah. Have you ever met someone you never knew before? Yes. And you knew. I mean, they said something, and you said, "Oh yeah." Where you you begin to enter into a level ten relationship rather than starting at the beginning of someone that you know nothing about that's lost and out there in the world. Yes. There are wanderers out there. There are people out there who are driven by different things. And it's not what we're to be driven by. Some of them are driven by resentment. Some of them are driven by materialism. Some of them are driven by the need to be uh, noticed and recognized. It's all over the map. But the author and finisher of our faith... We should not. We should not be struggling with any of those things because of our position in him. Don't let the enemy cancel out your joy. Jonathan mentioned something about that last week. Don't let him cancel out your peace and the righteousness that you have. Now, he cannot do that without your permission. Okay. Now, how do we give him permission when we shouldn't? This is a Bible. Yeah. Is that new revelation to anyone here? Are we all familiar with this? If I asked anyone on the street that was lost, what they'd say? It's a Bible. Okay. We know that. Well, you know what? There's a number of things that's said about the Bible. There's a couple of scriptures I've picked out, but let's talk about this blue line down here. Anybody was wondering what it was about? Yes, yeah. All right, and by the way, with this football, I'm, I'm kinda, I've got a, a, a sub-message that I'm just hoping that all through the football season, you guys and you gals, that I shouldn't call you a gal, ladies that follow it, will just trigger something about what I'm sharing today. Yeah. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Now we know the word gives us instruction uh, where we should go, how we should act, what we should do. Conducting our life. Jesus had many things to say. One of his famous things was say, you have heard. You have heard. Yeah. And he would yeah. bring correction. Yeah. One of the biggest problems we have, Tim wrote about it in his book. We've been taught that many times here, but the majority of my, the body of Christ doesn't know this. And it's, it's really, it will really dishearten you it will confuse you. It will cause uh, turmoil in your soul life if you have one foot in the New Testament, and one foot in the Old Testament,
1: come on, our covenant. Uh-huh. Yep. Wow.
0: We all have to guard our heart against that
1: Amen.
0: because I'm telling you, as the compass points so north, tough. the flesh will point toward
1: yep. works yeah. and yeah.
0: other things that come that come in, that fly in contrast. We have got a new covenant for a reason. That's right. yes. We've got a new one; the old ones passed away. Amen. Right. But let me ask you another question. How many believers today have one foot in the gospel and one foot in the world? Now, we, we know about the biggies. You know, we, I mean, we know, and, and I don't want to downplay that, but, you know, we, we know about avoiding things like uh, pornography and lust and all the things that go with that. We, we know about that. But what about our everyday life? There you go, Mom. What about when we encounter something and the emotions are running high? Yes. And you're tempted, or maybe you just let it loose. See. You know how many Christian marriages are in trouble today? Because their response to their issues, they, they, they have the gospel, they're saved, but their responses... And, and, and the way they talk to their spouse exactly and the handle uh, yep. things in, in their life and their communication is worldly. Yeah. 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 Right. That shouldn't be. In fact, now I can understand that, you know, to a new believer that's still learning the ropes, this is going to happen quite a bit. And you get some correction and you go on. And How many of you know God? Well, you're his kid. He's going to correct you.
1: That's
0: right. We shouldn't be anywhere. If you're mature and you're, 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 yeah. you know the scripture, you shouldn't be anywhere near that line. That's right.
1: That's right.
0: If you take a step over this way, you're still safe. Right. And you re- realize and you recognize it. And you know, in an instant, in the midst of emotional highs and things like that, you can make a change because of the spirit of God and the power of God that's within you. I remember, I'm gonna say it was 17, 18, maybe 20 years ago, Kathy and I were on a trip. We were spending time together. We we're gonna to spend night in a night in a, uh, in a motel. I don't even remember what it was. She probably doesn't even remember this. But something upset her and it wasn't me.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and she was having a hard time turning loose of it. So we get to, her, to the motel room, and she, this has still got her, she's got her vexed. And I thought to myself, well, there goes our evening and stuff. That's what I'm thinking to myself. And you know what happened? Standing there close to the air conditioner in this motel room, she instantly put on a smile that was so genuine. And her eyes just lit up. And she came over to me and gave me a hug and kissed me. And the rest of the evening is none of your business. (laughs) That's that's how quick you can change your mind. (laughs)
1: 2
0: Timothy three sixteen says, All Scripture is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished. Unto all good things. Now that word perfect there really means what?
1: Mature.
0: Mature. That's good. What else? Complete. Complete. If you got another translation, it may say that. But we live in a world to where we have to realize and understand our identity and who we are in a new covenant culture. Because the Bible clearly says in the last days things are going to get worse. And how many of you have noticed that? If it's not on your radar, you need help. I've never seen anything like the last two and a half years with all this COVID stuff and all the all the riots and things that are going on. And I felt I even found myself at one point. I got so caught up in the political realm and what was going on. I found myself standing on the word and condemning those things. But then I found myself spending too much time over there and wondering what is going on with these crazy people. And if you look at these people out there, these leaders in our country that are making some decisions right now, you're thinking to yourself, how can a person that has a high level intelligence, multiple degrees, some of them professors, you know, how can these people think and do the things that they're doing? How can they do that? If you try to figure that out in your own mind, it's going to drive you crazy. But if you look at it in the spiritual realm you'll realize that their minds are blinded by Satan. Yeah. Right. Amen. Right. Yeah. Corinthians 4, chapters 1 through 4 says, Therefore, since we have this ministry, we have received mercy. We do not lose heart, but we've renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of what? The truth. The truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God, but even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded. Yes. Who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of glory of Christ Jesus, whose image of God should shine on them, they refuse to believe, and therefore they are blinded. Yes. Because every person has an opportunity to receive Jesus Christ into in, in, in their life and alter the course and the direction they are heading but they just refuse to believe the truth and they walk and they refuse to believe all the things of the gospel and so their mind is blinded. How do you expect them to act? Just the way they're acting. Hebrews 12, 1 through 3 says, Therefore, wherefore seeing we also are encompassed about so great a a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and what?
1: Finisher. The
0: finisher of our faith. Man, if that doesn't encourage you, yes. man, think about that. He's in your faith, and He's going to be the finisher of it. Amen.
1: Right.
0: Amen. I I Amen. In my mouth. Yes. Who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross? Despising the shame and set aside, set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be worried and faint in your mind. Amen. The word consider in this scripture means to study, to ponder, to deliberate, to examine, or think upon. Right. Seeing that we have our great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our what our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we were, are yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, regardless of what you're going through, in the heat of the moment, you can instantly change like the example that I gave and change the course of your thoughts and put your emotions in check. By realizing you can come before the throne of God and find mercy and grace in your time of need. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And I'm telling you, emotions can run thick. Yeah. Everyone that talks about their problems, they're all complicated. Yeah. They're all complicated. Yeah. But you know what? The Word of God simplifies it. Yeah. It just does. So we know this is the Bible, but are you into it? Come on. Do you find yourself constantly maybe wanting to be here, but you drift over this way? You know? That happened with Kathy and I. It was a long time ago. Everything with me is a long time ago.
1: <laughs>
0: but her dad was sick. She, she does remember this, by the way. Her dad was sick. We were living in Kentucky, and he needed some care. He's very sick. Eventually went home to be with the old boy. But we made a decision we you take our kids and put them in school way back in Statesville, North Carolina. And the school was right, right down the road from her dad's house. And she would take care of him for a while. I think it was like two months. I missed her something terrible. Couldn't wait to get to see her. And when I finally, after a couple of months, I went there, I ran over and gave her a hug. And I said, honey, it's going to be a long time before you do anything wrong. well seven days later (laughs) she did something with the finances I'm not even sure what it was I don't remember thank the Lord I don't remember but I know it upset me and you know what I I sure need to incorporate the word right at that point I need to get my emotions in check but I, I was really bent Man, anybody ever been there when it earns money, especially when you don't have a lot of it, you know. So I went to I found what I went to her. She told me what she did and what did I do? How in the world could you do that? What were you thinking? Why would you Why would you even consider doing that? And she quietly looked at me. And she said, well I know how long a week is. Uh, 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 I don't know how long a long time is. It's a week. Yeah. <laughs> That's <all she> said. <laughs> I wish she'd just got mad at me. <laughs> or give me the old whopper one.
1: <laughs>
0: but she said something that really really got to my heart. One week. That's how frail we can be. That's how much of an instant we can get into the flesh. And you ever notice how Jesus kind of takes us the extra on things that he wants us to do about hating your enemy? Not only are you to love them, but you got to pray for them. Right. Why? Amen. Because of the enemy of God. Guess what you were at one time? Exactly. And who knows the prayers that pulled you up? Yes. Right. Amen. We yes. need to pray for them. And when you realize they just like, sometimes we need to remember where we were. Yeah. And the hope that we didn't have. And the void that we had. That's what they had. Yes, and if they're mean toward you, and they're vengeful toward you, and they really want your destruction, pray for them. That's right. Because their they're their their mind is their mind needs to be unlocked from the control of darkness and from the enemy. That's right. Amen. Amen. Now it's easy to stand up here and say this. Mm-hmm. I had someone I was counseling with recently. He said, "All this sounds real good," until the moment.
1: <laughs> and I said, "Well, so he's so got
0: that. True. He's got that down." <laughs> That's right. He, he's got that down big time. Right. Yeah. Until the moment. Yeah. Until the moment.
1: Yeah. And, then,
0: and guess what? We have to decide because God's kingdom is not changing. The culture that has been there for 2,000 years is not going to change because of you Very and me. Right. And God will always have a people that are sharing the gospel and they're, 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 they're walking in that culture. Not perfect. They're not perfect, but they're walking in it and they know and they're quick to repent. They're quick to apologize. They're quick to ask for what? forgiveness. They're quick to, to get right back with the Lord again. The problem is, we've got some people that are completely on this side, yes.
1: Yes. and occasionally
0: they do this. Right. Yes, right, right.
1: right. Yep.
0: And we 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 kind of handle them like, oh, they're just backslid. Mm-hmm. They show nothing at all. Mm-hmm. They show up at church once in a while because it gives them a feel good feeling, especially. Mm-hmm. Yep around Easter, yeah. or Christmas or something, right. just makes them feel like they've done something, mm-hmm. and they're good. Yep.
1: Right.
0: But they're over here, but we treat them like, no, 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 we need to share the gospel with them. Yes. And that means coming to a place where we challenge them yes. and say, well, let me ask challenge you a question. Yes. You know, all you got to do is that. ask questions, and they'll answer them.
1: That's right.
0: 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 1 but now know this in the last days furliest times will come tell me you can't identify this for men will be lovers of themselves themselves. lovers of money boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful unholy unloving, unforgiving slandered, without self control Brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. And having a form, this is puzzling to me, Amen. a form of godliness but denying its power. And that power Amen. word is doing this power. They have no power. They deny it because it's not there. But they have this form of godliness, but when they they they're good at hiding it until the right moment. But what's going on internally with them yeah. will make you to believe because they do this once in a while. Yeah. Oh, they're just saved and they're just either growing the Lord or something like that. Instead of instead of identifying what's really going on and asking them the hard questions yeah. and testifying to them because you know what they need it. Yeah. They need to hear the truth. That's right. That's right. They need to know what's going on because you may be the one opportunity for that to happen. That's right. Years ago, when I first got into the insurance business, which I've been trying to get out of for 38 years, it hadn't worked yet. Man, I was brand new to the business. And I showed up at the door, back then, I didn't use the phone, I just showed up at the door smiling with the lead card they sent in. And sometimes, I would, when they opened the door, I would just start wiping my feet and holding like this, you know, oh, okay, you know. I always went around to the back door, too, because family goes to the back door. I had all it down, all the approaches down, because I had to get that house. I was on a straight commission. Yes. Yeah. I had to feed my babies. Yeah. You know. There were some days I just came home with corn and sweet peas, stuff like that, because they gave me they gave me something out of their garden. I said, here's here's my pay for today, honey. Huh? Yeah. My first year in the business, Kathy, was begging me to get out of it. I was begging me to get out of it.
1: <laughs>
0: but I'm gonna tell you God used that to 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 take me out of being an extreme introvert to what you see today. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I showed up this house and this little short, bald-headed man, I would, I would guess he's probably 82, 83 years old, scowled at me at the door. <laughs> well, I showed him the card. he looked at and scowled at me some more. And I said, may I come in, you know, and I don't even know if he really let me. He took a little step back and I came on in. I started my presentation because I followed the same presentation with every one of them. got halfway through it and he lived into me. Oh my goodness. I heard words I don't think a sailor said. Bangs popping out of his neck, eyes bulging, cursing me with every curse word you can imagine, letting me heaven. I'm thinking, oh my goodness. I didn't do anything. I thought, what is this? so I said, I gotta get out of here. So I stood up to leave. And when I did, the boldness of the Lord hit me. I can't even believe what I said. <laughs> I went up putting my hands on my hips. I said, sir, shame on you by reason of your age, you don't have much longer on this earth and you're not ready to meet God. (laughs) You'd have thought at that point the old boy would have went for the shotgun. (laughs) He didn't do that. This big crocodile tear came right down his cheek. I said, oh, wow. I sat down next to him. I said, sir, I said, would you like to give all this bitterness and anger over to the Lord and ask Jesus Christ into your heart? he did. I am telling you the presence of God was so strong in there. There was no way I'm going to try to sell this man insurance today. No way. So I left. I was about 130 miles away from home. I would get my leads and I would spend two or three days in motel and just work hard those days and get back home. And I didn't do that every week. That was just on occasion. Well, one week later I was back in the area so I went over to check on him. Well, he wasn't home. So two weeks later, I had to go back over here and deliver some policies that he sold. Went to his house, knocked on the door. Wasn't home. You know I never saw that man again. Never saw him again. He, he may have went to, he may have went to with the Lord the next day. I just don't know. But looking at his condition, how many family members do you think would have nothing to do with him? Mine's a little old man living in a house by himself that had, I had a divine appointment with that day. Yeah, that's
1: right.
0: And if you're in the kingdom culture and the new covenant culture the way I am, and I know you are, you've got divine appointments ahead of you that you've got to be ready for. That's right. And you have got to get over the enemy canceling out your joy and things. And you've got to somehow come to grips with this and say, Lord, I'm not doing this anymore. You know now I'm not talking about the occasional thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Lord knows, Jonathan, I don't know about you, but as soon as the week I preach, guess what happens the next week? Yeah. Absolutely, hankers. <laughs> hey, Lord, give me my portion. I'm Quit meddling around this line. You're in the gospel. You're not gospel. You're in the world. You're in the new covenant. You're not in the old covenant. Your name is written in the book of life. We are a peculiar people, a holy priesthood. We We have so much. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We are encouraging one another in the Lord. We're seeing these people we work with. We may be in there in a different place. They're in the darkness. But we have the answers because God has chosen us as his ambassadors to a lost and dying world to bring the truth to them. Amen? And quit disqualifying yourself. And quick yes. yes. condemnation come on you when yes. you serve with Jesus, where there is no condemnation yes. in your life. Yes. If you need to do business with something, do business yes. with do it. Business. I've had to do some of that this past week. Yes. I said, you know what, Lord, before I preach, I better get rid of
1: that. Yes. <laughs> and again, it's
0: none of your business. Yes, <laughs> uh, yes sir. He's
1: Hallelujah.
0: so good and so merciful. Yes. We have so yes. much. Yes. We have a wealth. We have a wealth and, and, uh, and we have access to. Amen. We can go right before his throne when that never could happen before until Amen. Jesus. Right. Yeah. We don't need the blood of, of bulls and goats to get yeah. forgiveness wow. anymore, which no, we no. never do according to Hebrews That's right. because of the blood of Jesus. Right. Because of who he is. And you right. know what? Examine yourself. How much am I getting into this? How much of this is getting into me? How many have a Bible in your house? How how about two? How about three? How about four? I probably have six Bibles in my office alone, and that may be more than that. Yeah. Yeah. Even the lost, many of them have Bibles in their house. But if you're not opening it up and you're not getting instruction, how can you expect to have a relationship Right. With the right. author and finisher of your faith. Right. How can you have a relationship with who God who inspired this word? This is not just ink on pages. Amen. This is inspired. It's alive Amen. and active. It's sharper than the two-edged sword. Amen. Even the discernment, even the intents of your heart. That's what it is. And we can we can trust what it says. And it works worldwide. Everywhere you go, it works. If you it. incorporate it into your life. Yes. Yeah. Some of us need to get back, I guess, like Lombardi did with the players, to the basics. To the fundamentals. Amen. Paul, in fact, Paul had to review some. The Corinthians, man, they were a mess. I, Lord knows, I guess, the grace of God, they had to get running the way they did. Flowing the way they did. But, boy, they were a mess in so many areas.
1: That's
0: a good place to start, by the way. You can say, oh, Lord, I can identify with that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe you need to sit down and have a... Um, you know what? Even Christian couples should argue differently. Really should. Because we know what the Word says. And we exactly. know correction is going to come from that. Right, And that holds us in restraint. In fact, rather than argument, I read something, a quote, and I liked it. It said, argument, all it does is one's trying to prove who's right over the other one. Right. Where true. a discussion, you're proving what is right. I kind of like that. That's know. good. That's good. You know? I've got a little bit of a hearing problem in one <laughs> of my ears, so I've got an immediate out when Kathy says something, and I can say, huh? <laughs> Sometimes I really don't hear most of the time. Maybe it's the time to mend some relationships. You know, get the debris. Out of the way. Sheila, you know you preach the word in the middle.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't want to put you on the spot, but I'd love to hear you preach that word again someday. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful, powerful word. I've never forgotten that. Yeah. Good word. In the middle. And I guess the primary reason I've never forgotten is because I find myself there so many times. Yeah. But it's a really good word, and we've got a lot of new people here. And not only that, but the, one, the ones that are here that haven't heard it so long, I think it'd be a good idea to when when the Lord prompts you to do it, you know, to share that word again, in the middle. Because we're covenant, kingdom, covenant people. And we Amen. live Amen. by a different set yes. of rules. If you sure. want to say rule, I would say direction. Sure. Put it any way you want to. Yep. You know, I had, a, I had somebody, I'm an independent agent, but I'm part of one organization. And they told me, uh, this shows you the pride that I have to deal with from time to time. And it could be you too. Anybody here don't deal with pride from time to time? Oh, okay, I'm in good company. Either that or a bunch of liars in here. (laughs) But anyway, they called it a mandatory meeting. They just flew all over me. What do you mean mandatory? Why didn't they use the word required? A required meeting. But you know what? What difference does it make What they call it when you entertain them? You just don't want Jesus contacting you. You said, well, you've got a mandatory meeting with me.
1: Right.
0: <laughs> he doesn't do that, does he? No. He didn't come into this world to condemn the world. The world's already condemned. Take him in the saints. Yeah. And you know what? If you find yourself in constant flux with this old covenant, new covenant, or gospel in the world, you will never be comfortable in sharing the good news to someone else. Because the enemy will constantly accuse you and try to cancel out your witness. And you have the choice today to put the brakes on that. You have the choice today. Even if it's just between you and God. And there's not another relationship with someone else you need to straighten out. But I would encourage you to do that. But if it's just something between you and God. Maybe you're thinking, Lord, I've, I've been a Christian for so long that the word's gotten kind of boring to me. You know? This is the only Bible, the Bible is the only book I know you can pick up and read the same scripture a hundred times and get something new every time. Amen. Because it's quick and it's alive and it's active. And I don't know about you. In the past I've had a Bible or two that was tattered, pages coming out, binding coming loose, but I can't stand up a little
1: Right.
0: So I just give it to Goodwill and let them deal
1: with
0: it. <laughs> just kidding. Anybody else have that? You know, you just can't, you just can't bring yourself to throw that Bible away. So you stick it somewhere or something, you know. I just can't do it. I mean, I, I, I know because, I, you know, it, it is, it is paper, it is ink on paper, you know, and when and a Bible eventually is going to wear itself down, and it's okay to, you know, turn loose of it. It's just in my heart when I have to yeah. do it. Yeah. Amen. you stand with me just a minute, and let's just, uh, let's just uh, take a minute You know, it's so important that when you get into the Word, you're building a relationship with God. When you get into the Word, the clarity of who Jesus is in your life and the power of the Holy Spirit becomes more real to you. When we take the Word on a daily basis and get back back to where we need to be with it if you're not there, read it, meditate on it, put it into practice. Read it, meditate on it, put it into practice. And when you blow it, Admit it. I like that. Take it before the throne. And God will give you a big hug. Because we're part of the family. We're part of the family. Father, we thank you so much. Lord, for the clarity of your word in our life, Lord. And that regardless of where we are, how long we've been saved, We still need the words of Jesus like it's the first time we've heard it today. Lord, we thank you for the dunamis power that's in the word, Lord. We thank you that you gave your disciples and you've given us authority, as it says in Matthew chapter 10, over demonic forces, Lord. And you've given us your will in our life, Lord. And there's no conflict between our will and your will because they're the same, Lord. We want everything that you have for us. And our hearts are open access to you, Lord. Father, that you have the final say so in the matter, yes. and Lord, we thank you for favor that we have. And Lord, we choose, we've chosen, we're going to walk into that in that favor every day. Our sins are forgiven, past, present, and future. Lord, our security in you is sure. Lord, our names are written in the book of life. God, we have a purpose in our life. We're not driven by anything other than your spirit that compels us. To go out and share the gospel and to be ready to have an answer. Lord, that our words to those that are without, those that are lost, Lord, are words that are with grace seasoned with salt and we know how to answer them, Lord, because at that moment you put the words in our mouth for those people. Yes, Lord. Lord, you've given us all the instruction about praying for those out there that are that are lost, Lord, and they're wandering around, Lord, and driven by so many different things. They need the stability of the culture of the kingdom of God, that new covenant culture and kingdom in their life. And Lord, you've chosen us, Lord. And Lord, forgive us for disqualifying ourselves, Lord. Forgive us for looking too much on things, Lord, that are not wholesome and healthy for us, Lord, and focusing too much on the politics of this day. Or in other things, that would tend to draw our attention away from you. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that, Lord, we say before you, we're open before you, open and naked according to your word. You know everything about us so we can come before you freely because you know it anyway. And we can have fellowship with you once again, Lord, and we can take the things that have held us back. And, Lord, this day, may the declaration end in the hearts of your people, not only here, but, Lord, we pray for those in other churches and our brothers and sisters across this nation and around the world, Lord, that they'll not have their foot in the gospel and their foot into the world, but, Lord, they'll withdraw themselves as you require us to do. And, Lord, that we'll, we'll be an example, Lord, and that we'll be salt and light to a lost generation. And, Father, we thank you so much that you call us to live in the generation that we're in, Lord. And we'll not leave this earth. I am declaring it today. We will not leave this earth. Can you say amen, church? We will not leave this earth without accomplishing the purposes of God in our life. Yes, Lord. Can you say amen? amen. Thank you, Lord. Well, amen and amen. 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 If you need prayer, we want to invite you up uh, for prayer today. Feel free to come up and uh, go bow. Go bow. Go bow. Thank you Lord, would you, welcome to come up if you need prayer. Jonathan and I are here, Sheila's up here. Mother is up here, ready to pray for you. Believe that there's going to be a change. amen.